פה בקאמר דף נ"ח עמוד א', Chasing Lions, מבריח ארי. Let's go back to our opening שיר on, on בובה קאמר, עומר רב יהודה, remember רב יהודה said, מאן דבוי למאווי חסידו, if somebody wants to be a חוסיד, a really righteous person, יתעסק במילי דנזיקין, you should learn what we're learning, בובה קאמר, בובה מציאה, בובה באסה, you should learn דנזיקין. And we've learned how you've got to be conscious about damaging other people, how you've got to protect your property from not causing damage to other people, all the time being mindful of the territory of other people, of the privacy of other people, of the bodies of other people, the property of other people. Not only that, but yesterday we started learning what about not only causing loss, but preventing loss to somebody. And then we got into the whole idea of Hashavat HaVeda, of returning lost property. And there we're talking about preventing loss that, that has, has already happened in a sense. The person has lost the item and now he's looking to see, can you return it to him? But what about preventing the loss? Prevents, if you see somebody's about to lose their property, are you obligated to intervene and help them not lose it in the, in the first place? Not just recover lost property, but are you obligated also to help them not lose it in the first place? We learned yesterday also that Hashavat HaVidah goes, goes far. It's all sorts of ways of... protecting people from loss. In fact, after the, the shir, Rabbi Shol showed me a Rabbeinu B'chaya on the posuk of Yitalamta, uh, where the Rabbeinu B'chaya says that, that this chiv of Ashavat HaVidav, not turning aside and ignoring the p- potential of somebody to lose, that's something which goes way beyond the strict area of returning lost property and includes all sorts of other areas as well. But today we get into the emotional area. Do I need to restore pe- people's emotional peace of mind? Is that part of it? And so on. Sugi starts at the bottom of Nun Zayin Amud Bet with the case of Nafla Ligina V'Nehenet. An animal falls off a, a ledge into somebody else's property. That property has been planted with beautiful flowers. which apart from the fact that the flowers get damaged when the animal falls onto them, what the flowers do is they cushion the fall. And now the owner of the animal has benefited from the flower bed of the other person. In such a case, you've got to pay the value of, of the benefit that the animal got. Omar Rav says, Rav says, we're talking about the benefit that resulted from the softening of the, the cushioning of the blow. That's what we're talking about specifically. It says the Gemorrah, you're telling me, but if when the animal landed in the flower bed, it started eating up the flowers, that there's nothing to pay at all? The Gemorrah goes on to a question, does this link to Rav's earlier comment that we learned, you remember? The animal shouldn't be eating. You blame the animal, don't blame me. The Gemara says, no, that clearly doesn't apply. So what is it all about? Ela, at the top of our Ombud, what Rav meant was, and of course, if the animal lands in my property and eats up my crops, of course I'm going to have to, the, the owner of the animal will have to pay. But what about also, can I also claim that my flower bed eased the animal's fall? Maybe this is a case of Mavriach Ari. Mavriach Ari is a concept again. We use these iconic metaphors so that it's, it stays in your, in your mind. The Rambam says in, in Shmone Prokim, the Koach HaDimyon, the ability to imagine, is what drives a lot of our behavior. That, that we take experiences in life and we translate them into imagery. Because that's how you remember things. You remember imagery more than you remember information. 
Information you forget eventually. But imagery can be emblazoned in, onto your heart in such a way that you never forget it. That's how advertising works. That's why we've got to be so careful of what we look at, because once you've looked at something, it's, it's there forever. Uh, do you remember the images of the planes flying into the, into the buildings on 9-11? Are those images ever going to, going to disappear from your mind? They'll never disappear from your mind. They're there for good. The images of October the 7th, are they ever going to disappear? They're never going to disappear from our mind. So when we convert an experience into an image, it becomes part of our subconscious, and it affects our behaviors our behavior at least subconsciously, sometimes consciously as well. We use these metaphors that are imageries. A mavriach ari, person's chasing away a lion. That's, that's a metaphor, but it gives you the picture so you remember it as mavriach ari. And mavriach ari is an idea we'll have many times in the zikin. And the Gemara wants to say here, maybe this is a case of mavriach ari, meaning if I chase away the lion and therefore save your your herd in South Africa. We the, until relatively recently, the farmers near the game reserves up in the northeastern Transvaal used to get their herds used to get attacked by leopards and by lions, and they still do occasionally. So I see there's a lion in the distance, and he's making his way towards your farm, and I get rid of the lion. So that's called Mavriyahari. I've chased the lion away. Now I come and I want you to pay for the the bullet that I used. I want you to pay for my time and. You say, no, that's a case of Mavriach Hari, and there's no chiyuv, so here too, I want to claim that the, my flower bed cushioned the blow, and you say, no, that's Mavriach Hari, thank you very much for cushioning the blow, but there's nothing for me to pay, it's Mavriach Hari, you've chased the line away. So Rav comes to tell us, no, in this case he does have to pay. It's a good question, why is it not Mavriach Hari? Says the Gemara, Mavriach Harim Nechse Chavero Midatu, Alav Midatu, Mavriach Harim Nechse Chavero, Let Lepseide, Ha'it Lepseide. There are two conditions for something to be classified as Mavriach Hari. Mavriach Hari, chasing the lion away, has to be Midato, that you're doing it knowingly. And in this case, it wasn't knowingly. The, he, while he was, he was busy smoking his cigar on, on his veranda, the, 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 the animal fell into his, into his flower bed. He didn't know about it. That's not Mavriach Hari. And there needs to be a, a physical loss. Why is it important that there needs to be Midato, there needs to be consciousness on the part of the, of the person? Says Rashi, And he's doing a mitzvah. And since he's doing a, a mitzvah, says the Shach in Kuf Kafchet, I think it is, Simon Chet, the Shach says, the Chachomim figure out that when a person does it, he's doing it as a mitzvah. I'm helping my friend out. It's not a transaction. I'm not doing it with a calculation that, that you'll pay me for it. You do it as a social responsibility. If you were in the same position and you saw a lion coming for my animals, you would do the same thing. We do this for one another. And that's the, and, and mitzvah kavid. And therefore it's midato. He needs to know about it. If he's not knowing about it, there's no mitzvah. Explains the Rashbam in Bova Basra, what mitzvah are we talking about? The mitzvah of Meshiva Veda. This is his returning lost property. And there are many problems with that. The first problem that I've got is, so why use a new term, Mavriach Hari? Why not just use the term of Meshiv Aveda? That's a term we're very familiar with. What's Mavriach Hari? And why such a dramatic metaphor? Mavriach Hari, you're chasing the lion away. You're saving him from trouble. It could be a cat that's after his chickens. It could be a dog that's after his lambs. What's this Mavriach Hari, this image of a lion coming? What, what is that about? And secondly, Tosfus asks, 
One of the cases of Mavriach Ari that the Gemara talks about in Bova Metzia is Meshiv Aveda asks Tosfos, why is Meshiv Aveda itself not Mavriach Ari? In the case of Meshiv Aveda, when a person, if, if Mavriach Ari is Rashi, as the Rashmam says, is a form of Meshiv Aveda, of returning lost property, then when somebody returns lost property, how can they claim some of the costs involved? Asks Tosfos, if it's Mavriach Ari, you don't claim anything. And furthermore, uh, asks also one of the classic cases of Mavriach Ari is a person pays off somebody else's debt. And he, he just decides, I'll pay off your debt and you don't have to worry about it anymore. That's also Mavriach Ari and he can't claim anything, anything back necessarily, necessarily for that. In such a case, there's no mitzvah. What mitzvah is there to pay off somebody else's debt? You don't, you're not obligated to do that. So says Ri, an, an amazing chidush. We're talking about a line that's quite a long way away from the farm. We're not sure he's going to land up in your farm. It's not bury his acre. You're not saving the person from definite damage. It's just maybe. What are you really saving him from? You're saving him from a maybe? That, that's not something you would be able to claim from for in any case. But what, the certainty that you're saving for is the worry. He hears the lions roaring in the background, and all of a sudden there's a shot of a gun, and the lion stops roaring, and now he can go to sleep. He doesn't have to worry about his, about his animals. It's the daiga, it's the worry you're saving him from. But if it's clear that the animal will come, she have said that there will be loss, and that the animal will attack his herd, then certainly in such a case he can claim payment for it. So that's what Tosfus says. Tosfus says, Mavriach Ari doesn't just mean a regular case of Ashavat Aveda, where somebody has lost something tangible, a physical asset, and you return it to him. So you've given him back that which he has lost. That's Ashavat Aveda. And under certain circumstances, there are certain costs that you can recover for that. But here we're talking about you're saving somebody from, from Daiga, you're saving somebody from worry. So what does Rashi mean that's a mitzvah ka'avid? So I would argue that it's not, Rashi is specifically not saying the same as the Rashbam. People assume that the Rashbam in Bova Basri is following his grandfather's derech and he's saying that in Mavriach there's a mitzvah. What's the mitzvah? He says Domei. He doesn't say it is Meshiva Veda. He says Domei. But I think Rashi specifically doesn't say Meshiva Veda. He says a mitzvah Because there are two kinds of mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah which is a chiyuv. You've got to do something. You've got to put on tefillin. It's a mitzvah. You've got to give a certain amount of tzedakah. It's a mitzvah. But there's all such a thing as I do a mitzvah a voluntarily. I'm not mechuyiv to do it. I do a kindness. I do a chesed. Doing a chesed is always a mitzvah. There doesn't have to be a chiyuv attached to it. If I help the old lady across the, sli- across the street, am I mechuyiv? Do I have to go looking for old ladies to help cross the street? I don't have to do that. I, I choose to do it. That's still a mitzvah. So when Rashi says mitzvah da avid, what, he, what Rashi means is not that he's fulfilling an obligation. That would be Hashavat Avida, as the Rashbam says. What Rashi means is he's fulfilling a moral obligation. He's doing what a decent person does. It's a mitzvah. Not that it's a chiv, it's a mitzvah. What's the mitzvah? To save somebody else from, from worry. And if we go along the lines of the, the Rashbam and we say that falls into the category of Hashavat Avida, what are you returning to him? You're returning to him his peace of mind.
And then it would come out that there, uh, there possibly is even a chiyuv. If we want to say that returning peace of mind also forms part of the mitzvah of Ashavat Avidah, then if you have the capacity to restore somebody's peace of mind, you are chayiv to do that. Not only is it a mitzvah, if you do it, that's nice, you've done a mitzvah, but mitzvah ka'avid, then we, huda'avid, then we can explain Rashi once we've learned the, the re as actually meaning that it's a mitzvah, it is a chiyuv. This is part of Ashavat Avidah. As the Rashbam does say, then we'll learn the Rashbam as explaining Rashi, but in a broader context. The Rashbam doesn't say it is Meshiva Veda. The Rambam says it's like Meshiva Veda, meaning you are restoring something something to him. And do you have an obligation? Yes, just as Meshiva Veda, if you have the ability to restore peace of mind to somebody, that's something you have to do. Asks Tosfus then, so what about paying off somebody's debt? That's a case of Mavriya Hari. Clear, it's a classical case of Mavriya Hari. Are you obligated? No, there's no obligation to. So if we say that mitzvah ka'avid just means you're doing a mitzvah, then that's fine. That's what you're doing there as well. You're doing a mitzvah. But if you say that there's an obligation to do so, where, what kind of obligation does that, could that possibly mean? Says Tosfus an interesting thing, says the Re. When you pay off somebody's debt, you are improving his balance sheet, but not his cash flow. And if you're not improving his cash flow, if you're not giving him something physical that makes him richer, that's not Mavri Akhari. If you're not giving him any, anything physical, you're just restoring his tranquility, that's Mavri Akhari. Says, says Tosfus, when you repay his debt, the, the, there's nothing, he doesn't get any immediate cash flow from that. Yes, the fact is, now he won't have to pay the debt. But maybe he would. In any case, he'll repay you. He doesn't sit there and just say, thank you. you know, when he's got the money, he'll repay you. But what it does do, it takes the creditor off his back. That's the, that's the chesed you've done. It's not that you've paid the money. The chesed that you've done is you've taken a creditor off his back. Once again, you've taken worry from his mind and you've given him peace of mind. The Ramban in Boba Metziah seems to say something, something similar. Isn't that, isn't that amazing how far the Torah goes? We, we started off yesterday just with a posik in the Torah of if you find your animal, your, your friend's animal, you can't ignore it, you've got to take it, you've got to return. There's a mitzvah of Ashavat Aveda. We get that. What a big mitzvah that is. We get it. You've got to go out of your way and you've got to take care of it. You become a shomer. You take on financial obligation and the Torah requires that you take it on. And you take it on not as a voluntary thing as we learned yesterday. You take it on as your job. This is a professional responsibility. Look how far we go when it comes to Ashavat Aveda. And not only that, but you've got to also prevent somebody, help somebody prevent a loss. If you see something's hanging out of their pocket and is about to fall, you tap them on the shoulder and you tell them to put it in their pocket securely. They're about to fall. How many times has that happened to you? Somebody will say, there's something sticking out of your back pocket. There are pickpockets around here. Be careful. People step in and they help you avoid a loss. But it goes even further than that. Even if you have the capacity just to ease somebody's peace of mind, and to restore their peace of mind, if you have that capacity, that's something that you can do. Sometimes it's through information. You know, it's important for a physician to understand that. The job of a physician is not just to heal the person. That's the tangible, that's the transactional side of what he's responsible to do. But he has another capacity. He can make a person feel, a person comes to a physician, they're, they're concerned. What's that called? How we, the, the, when the blood pressure grows up when you're at a doctor's office, there's a special name for it, isn't it? White coat hypertension. A person comes into a doctor's office, even if he's fine, he's already lost peace of mind. 
The doctor has to help restore the peace of mind. Not, not all physicians do that. Not many physicians do that. Part of your job as a doctor is to be able to be Meshiva Veda. The person has walked into your office and lost his peace of mind. The first thing you've got to do is help him restore his peace of mind. Assure him. Be kind to him. Give him a sense that you've got things under control and, and things will be as, as good as they possibly can be. That's a, an, a capacity that we have. It's a gift that we have for, that we can bestow upon one another to help people restore that which they have lost, not only physically, but also emotionally.